listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Welcome down to my nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. You are listening to Bucks in the Basement. My name's Chris, and Craig here is the biggest Pirates fan you'll ever meet. Let's talk Pirates baseball now. Welcome to Bucks in the Basement. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say, one thing but then the next day. It's different, they change, but they don't know what they want. All they do is change, yeah, yeah, yeah. Going left, going right, travel day, travel night, that's where we'll go. No excuses, no goodbyes, no one cries, no one lies, we'll never know. have continued to be crazy here on, I guess it would be Pirates Twitter, Pirates Media, uh, some good things, some things that have caused people to be a little bit upset. Um, for me, I'm trying to get in the mood of the Hope Springs Eternal and just wanted to do a little bit of a fun episode here. Um, because, I mean, when you listen to this, things have will have already gotten started as far as games, uh, but I just kind of want to enjoy that, and I really hope you guys enjoy this episode. Uh, bringing back to the show one of my favorite Pirates players of all time, uh, color analyst for the Pittsburgh Pirates for Sportsnet Pittsburgh, the original rock, John Wayner. How you doing today, brother? I'm doing good, Craig. I'm, uh, you know, spring training's here. It's amazing how fast it comes after you get through the holidays and then you're back down there. And, you know, um, it, it's pretty remarkable. You know, spring training seems like it starts sooner. Uh, the season's starting earlier. And so, you know, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. Yeah, and we've had, like, kind of an off-season here where you know, there hasn't been any, like, hold-ups, lockouts, uh, COVID restrictions, anything like that. I mean, it's it's a definitely, you know, a, a very normal off season. Getting to see all the, you know, highlights from all the beat reporters that are down there, all the interviews, the smiles from the players, and that's kind of what I wanted to get into here. Is that, I mean, when spring training starts, you have a bunch of guys that are coming. Uh, into a season and and in and with a team at very you know kind of different points within their career you have guys that it's like their first time in MLB camp and you know they probably already know they aren't going to make the team but it's just you know being around the big league guys you have the guys that are fighting for opening day roster spots, the MLB regulars, the new guys, the new guys on a one-year deal. And I feel like that you probably experienced uh, at least, you know, most of those uh, during your career. Like, how does that feel at, like, each level for each of those guys? Well, it's totally 
totally different uh, for me, I think, than a lot of guys. It, it must be nice to be able to go into spring training knowing you have a job. <laughs> I never had that feeling. And I, I mean, I, I've had to go down there, and, uh, and it always I had a lot of timing in my swing. It always took me a little while to get going. And so, um, you know, I, I might get 30 to 40 at-bats, and I know i got to make the most of those at-bats. So if you're fighting for a job like... I know, a, a few guys are, um, you know, I, I think that the, the team looks pretty solid and, you know, you know, you're going to have Swinsky and, and Reynolds and Cruz and, and Hayes and Telez and Connor Joe probably at first. I guess there's a little bit of a question mark now behind the plate at second and in right field. But, um, you know, if, if you're an established veteran, you're just getting your work in. You're just hoping to have your timing down and have everything going good for you when when opening day rolls around but if you're if you're battling for a roster spot um it's stressful because you feel like you can go out there and you know you want to perform you know you have a chance if you don't perform you feel like you're going to lose your job uh be back down in the minor leagues everybody wants to be on an opening day roster um and i think it's a little bit different if you're just fighting for a starting position you know it'll be interesting to see you know, with the situation in right field, the situation at second base, you know, I, you, you wonder, Contreras, Nick Gonzalez, if I'm not making the team, am I going back to the minors or am I going to be on a bench spot? So you're actually fighting for two jobs, maybe an opening day role where I'm in the lineup or a bench job. And so um, it, 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 it could be a little bit stressful. Um, I, I think it's better served not to put that extra pressure on your yourself, which I did. And and so I, I, I was always a mess up there and, 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 you know, cause I knew I wasn't getting many at bats and I don't have much time. And, and so, uh, and I was a notoriously like slow starter. Um, and, and, and in fact, where Leland told me one year, he goes, don't, I don't want to see you. If you, if you want to make this club, don't let the GM see you. You know, go fishing. Um, I'm not going to play you. I want you on the team, but if I play you, you got no chance. Blah blah blah. You know, it's uh, it got to that point for for a minute. But um, all in all, your best serve is just go in there. You know, everybody's in shape. Everybody's prepared. You just go out there and you know play baseball. Have fun playing baseball. The more stress you put on yourself, I, I think the the results usually aren't as good. Yeah, and, and everybody does come in, you know, best shape of their life. Guy added, you know, 15 pounds of muscle. Guy looks bigger. Guy looks quicker. You know, all kind of that stuff. And and I'm going to jump down here a little bit into my, my questions. Is you, you brought up the uh, the spring training battles. Um, do we as, like, fans and then, you know, the media and different stuff like that, is is there more put into these spring training battles that than there's actually there, or are these like real things that we see play out? And I guess is some of it like from the performance in spring training, or is it like just a lot of the behind the scenes stuff that's going on? Typically, when you go into spring training, I, I think management the manager, the coaching staff, they have a pretty good idea who's making the club. You know, they, they know which 26 they're going to pick. Um, and that doesn't mean you're going to leave with that 26. You, you might have an injury. This is why you don't tell guys, oh, you have no chance. And you tell these guys, oh, yeah, you don't get a chance to make the club because now, you know, the bullpen looks pretty stacked. There's not many available, available spots in the bullpen. Uh, but you're not going to tell 
you know, some of these guys, you got no chance because if you lose two or three relievers, well, they have a chance. So you want them to go out there and, and perform because you never know what's going to happen. But I, I would guess that, you know, 24 to 26 guys on that roster, they, they know who they want. There might be one or two battles. Um, and, you know, if, if there's a guy that they want who has a terrible spring and then maybe somebody who they're not expecting has a really good spring, well, then maybe, you know, maybe you make a change there with what you forecasted before camp started. I mean, I don't think anybody had Kanan Smith and Jigbo making the club last year, but he was so good in spring training and he makes the opening day roster and, you know, he got some at bats. Obviously um, you see this a lot. Unfortunately, I like Smith and Jigba. I think he's a, a, a nice player. And I know we got him back after losing him to Seattle for a minute, but um, you know, it, it's a different animal during the season, especially if you're not getting regular playing time as a young guy who's used to playing every day. But, you know, management, I think has a pretty good idea. They, they, they probably have it in pencil somewhere who they want on this team. And so, you know, depending on injury, depending on performance for some, you know, they might erase a guy and put somebody else in there. But I, I think they have a pretty good idea who they want to take north. That's, well, I guess I, this year they're taking them south. <laughs> yeah. Put up in Miami. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It doesn't sound. I mean, they'll eventually head north. But yeah, we always say head north. And like you said, this this time they're heading south. And this kind of goes to like the team because we're talking about like all these different players. And, and and you mentioned Smith and Jigba with a thing. It's I mean, I couldn't imagine, you know, being at, you know, your first day workout for the new team and then finding out you're kind of going back to your old team. Uh, it's definitely, you know, for these guys, I mean, we think of them as sometimes just like, you know, pieces on, on a chessboard, but I mean, the, the realness of, you know, them being, you know, actual human beings, cause they are, it, it really punches us in the face. But here's my thing is like, I talked about like all these players at like different, you know, levels and different points in their career and stuff like that. How do teams that have, you know, a lot of a lot of young guys, some veterans, bringing in guys on one-year deals and different stuff. Like, how do these clubhouses, you know, different backgrounds, like, how do they end up, like, kind of gelling together? I think a lot of it has to do with just the time they spend together. I mean, they spend more time at the ballpark than they do with their families, you know, during the season. And, and spring training is an eternity. I mean, these guys, some of them have been down there a couple of weeks already. And so, you know, you bond, you get to know guys, certain guys get along with others and more so than other. I mean, there's clicks and stuff like that. But, you know, um, the newer guys that come in on one-year de- deals are usually veteran guys that have been through it before. They, they've changed teams. They, they're used to it. And so, um, and you're, in this game, most of the time, you know, guys from the other teams anyhow so you you may have had casual conversations or you know i'm sure a lot of latin guys play winter ball with or against each other so they, they have relationships and so you get in there and you know for instance a bullpen guy i mean you're, you're hanging out with the bullpen guys all the time you're on the same schedule so you're spending a lot of time together probably going to go do some, have some dinner maybe go golf same with the starters uh position player wise as well and so you know over the course of a couple of months in, in spring training you know you develop relationships and, and and then you know when the season starts 
you know, you're a family in a sense. And so not that everybody gets along perfectly or everybody hangs out with everybody, but you, 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 you know, you're a pro and you go about your business the right way. And so, um, I know a lot of guys that come in on one year deals, you know, they're grinding cause they want to play for another deal. You know, they want to have a good season, not only to help their new team, but also to get another deal. And so I, I don't ever think you have to worry about performance. Um, you know, there's, you know, there are different personalities. And I know with Ben Sherrington, he's tried to bring in, you almost read it every time he signs somebody, you know, they, 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 you know, evaluate the character of guys too. They want to bring in people that are good in the clubhouse or, you know, good guys and guys get along, don't cause any problems. They're not in the papers for uh, doing the wrong things. And so um, that always helps too. When you bring in good character guys, you should have good character in that clubhouse. And, you know, I know a lot of people talk about, um, chemistry well chemistry usually comes from winning i mean you can have a you know a great if you're not, if you're not winning the chemistry is going to falter a bit if you're winning everybody's happy everybody's getting along uh, usually everybody's doing well so you have a happier clubhouse but uh Oh no! You know, uh, again, these guys have been around. Most of the one-year guys are, you know, close to thirty, if not older, and you know they've been through it before, and and, and they fit right in. Yeah, and one thing that I I had kind of read, I believe that it was, I think it was Jason Mackey that had written it was um, Henry Davis. You know, over this off season inviting a bunch of the young guys down and, and even calling a player like a Jared Jones and saying, you got to get out here, even if it's just for a little bit, uh, just to kind of build like, you know, that camaraderie and a common goal for, you know, that type of team. And I mean, that's, that's the point is I, I feel like I, it's it sometimes like leaders may just like leaders are leaders at, at different points in their life. They could be leaders on the baseball field, leaders outside, there's just those types of personalities that just kind of, I guess, evolve like within a baseball team. Yeah. There are guys that are junkies that just don't take a rest. They don't have a break, you know, back in the nineties um, and before guys didn't look at a baseball or do a thing from the end of the season until the new year. I mean, you took months off and then you get ramped up right after new year's and, get yourself into baseball shape and, you know, hit a little bit, throw a little bit, run a little bit, you know, lift a little bit, and, and then you're back. And, and, you know, of course, I think the more time you spend with guys and, and a lot of the guys that Henry Davis had down in Florida, I mean, are guys that he kind of came up with and got to know pretty well in the minor leagues. And and, and he wants, you know, he anticipates those guys all being in the big leagues soon. And so, you know, they, they go and work out together and, 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 and then they, they, they form a bond. Uh, I'm always careful with that because I don't care how good a friend you are or how much you work out in the winter and all that other stuff. It's all about performance. You know, it comes to the time where, you know, I think it's more important how you're going to do when the lights are on and, 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 you know, when the pressure is ramped up and, you know, how are we <laughs> going to perform? I mean, it's a fine and dandy to have a bunch of 26 of your best friends and you go out to dinner and, do all kind of good fun stuff before and after the game but um it comes down for me is you know like i said about the chemistry thing if, if you get off to a bad start i don't care how good a friend you are <laughs> you know you, you need to go 
you know, take care of business and win ball games. And so, um, you know, but it is nice. It is nice to see that leadership. And, you know, I, from what I understand, Henry is one of the hardest workers. Um, he's very dedicated. I don't think he thinks about anything else but baseball. I don't know if that's healthy or not. I guess it is for him. Um, I, 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 I had to turn it off, especially in the winter, the first few months. Um, after the season was over and, uh, you know, and, and you prepare and go, um, you know, it, it, but it does help, I think, especially a pitcher catcher relationship to, 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 you know, have a good feel and a, a good understanding of what a guy wants to do. And the more time you spend with them, obviously, the more you guys can go back and forth on, uh, you know, what, what's, what works best for you. What, what do you like to throw? What do you want to get guys out with? What do you want to throw in these situations? The more time you spend, the more conversation you have and the more back and forth you have with those guys and, you know, that, that, that's the thing that I've always missed about baseball is that, you know, guys would hang out in the clubhouse for an hour or two after the game, having a couple of beers and talking about the game and, and arguing about the game. You know, you could have a play where three different people disagree and they're yelling and arguing at each other, but it's healthy conversation because you might think you're right, but that doesn't mean the other guys are wrong. And then you have a different perspective and a different idea, a different understanding of what they were thinking during that play. So when you do get together like that and you are talking baseball, that's that's to me one of the best ways to learn about the game you're not only learning about you know your teammate but you're also you know learning how they think which obviously can help you in the long run yeah and then one of the things you talked about was you know the performance and when things are going well I think the one thing that stuck out to me the most last year you know after that 28 start then kind of hit the skids for a couple months but kind of the way that the team finished with you know an over 500 record over the last couple of months uh, after trades had happened and kind of like sticking together. And a lot of those guys are, you know, still going to be here um, on that roster, you know, this season. So that really, to me, like is something that kind of stuck out that hopefully, you know, they shown that they can, you know, kind of get through that adversity together. And, everything that they were talking about towards the end of the season was, you know, still working towards the future. And I know some of that people would say, you know, is, is kind of lip service to a degree, but I mean, as a player, I I feel like you kind of have to believe that to a degree, just because, I mean, if you don't, then, I mean, is that really ever going to come together? Well, here's the thing that I think, especially with last year. First of all, they weren't as good as they played in April. I mean, you know, every every team's going to have stretches where they play really good. They hit good. They pitch good. You know, they run the bases good. They play good defense for a month or so. And then there are going to be periods where, you know, you can't hit and you can't pitch and then you don't win. And, you know, and so that, those are roller coasters that even the best teams have. You know, some, you know, the better teams, the, 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 the slumps are shorter and the streaks are longer. But um, with this team as young as they are, and again, there's some veterans sprinkled in, but the, you, you got some guys uh, that are established. You got some guys that um, are trying to make their mark at that level. Um, here's the one thing I will say about last year and now moving into this year. For years, it seems like the last, I could go back five, six, seven, eight years. All right. We were bringing guys at a major league level that probably weren't major leaguers you know we're trying to find out if this guy is a major leaguer all right now we're sending guys to triple a i believe this spring that should be major leaguers and we're getting to that point now where there's enough talent 
you know, enough good players to where, um, you know, when you call them up, you can plug them in and you, you feel pretty comfortable that they can play at the big league level. We didn't always have that. All right. And so, you know, the position player wise, I mean, there's going to be some pedigree getting sent down. You know, I think of Nick Gonzalez and Leo Verpaguero. Those, those, those two, I think, are going to be both good big league players. One of them's going to be in AAA. Uh, that's a good thing. <laughs> you know, if Jared Triolo doesn't make the team with what he did last year, that's a good player going down. The bullpen arms that are going to get out of AAA could pitch in the big leagues, and there's probably a handful of them. And, and, and so I, I think that's where we finally are as an organization to where, you know, the guys that are getting sent out, or could play in the major leagues. Um, they might need a little more time. Um, you know, they're, they're still young, whatever. But they have the pedigree, the talent to play at the big league level. Um, the reason I think I know a lot of people are talking about. You know, we only signed two two major league starters and Gonzalez and Perez, and who else is going to be out there? We have so many starting pitchers that are going to break through this year um, and, and, and next year. There's at least a handful. There's more than a handful. You know, when you talk about Skeens and Priester, and um, well, Priester has been here, so I won't say this. So Skeens and Burroughs and Solamento and Chandler and Harrington and you know, um, you know. So we, and Brew Baker's coming off. Burroughs is coming off the 60 day with with, with the with the Tommy John. I think that's why, because we want to find out what, what, what do we have in Ortiz, what do we have in Contreras, what do we have. And Priester, what are we going to have in Falter? I mean, my guess is one of those four guys is going to be plugged into the rotation. Don't know that for sure. Contreras is out of options. I think Falter's out of options. So those two guys might have a leg up to see what they can do. Um, you know, starting opening day, uh, I, I would give those two the heads up, um, the advantage over. Well, it's hard for me to take Ortiz out of there too, but Ortiz has options. So, in my mind. You get through the first two, three months of the season, we might see Skeens, All-Star break. We might see Burbaker. We might see Burroughs. All right. After that, if these guys falter, um, not to use, <laughs> no, no pun intended there, but I mean, coming to 25, I mean, there's a lot of guys. Now, I didn't even mention Jared Jones, uh, who's, who's a top prospect. So, um we're in a position to where they're ready to turn that corner. The lineup is going to be so much better this year just by adding crews and, and adding experience and with what Hayes finished the season with and, and, and knowing that if, if guys, there might be shorter leash, leashes for guys. You know, you got three or four options to play right field. you got three or four, at least three options to play second half, four, which you, you, you consider. I, I didn't bring up G1 Bay, but yeah, I'm thinking Triola Bay um, uh you know, the other Nick Gonzalez and um, why am I thinking his name? Piguero. So, what I'm saying is, you, you got some guys, this team has some talent, and whether or not they get off, I worry about the starting pitching in the first couple months of the season. You know, if, 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 you, know you, you got two veteran lefties, you hope Keller does what he did last year. You got the two veteran lefties, you hope they get off to a good start. The other two are wild cards as of now. Uh, but if you don't have excellent starting pitching, you know, your, your record's going to suffer because of that. And so, you know, to me, that that that's what I look at when I think of last year going into this year. I see a, a, a year older team with a lot more talent than we had two, three, four, five years ago.
you ever see me out and about in Pittsburgh, you will always recognize me. And not just because of the white beard, but also because of the Y that is always on top of my head. The hat I always wear. The Yin's brand. Proud partners with Bucks in the Basement. Three dynasties. One brand. Yin's. Finally, one brand to rep all black and gold. Follow at Shop Yin's for new merch drops and giveaways. Order online at www.shopyins, the emphasis on the two Zs, high quality comfort, lightweight materials, a new modern look for the black and gold, made for Yins by a Yinzer. You mentioned Bailey Falter, and I mean, he's kind of been, uh, I wouldn't say announced, but it's, it's out there right now, and by the time people listen to this, it'll be old news, is that he's going to quote unquote start the the first spring training game and of course you know even though it's not going to be televised I would say that everybody wants to see you know some of the the bigger name types of guys but kind of when I saw his name on there it's just like well this is a guy that's kind of out of options it's somebody that the Charrington and, and Shelton have both mentioned without it being prompted and just wanting to see more of him and earlier because He's a guy, like you said, that's out of options and that they have to make a decision on. And, and, you know, when we looked at what he did last year, there were times where, you know, he was pretty strong, three, four, sometimes five innings. Uh, you know, he has a sneaky, quick fastball, he could break and stuff. He has an idea. He's been around a little bit. Um, and so um, I, I, I don't put anything, any stock into him starting the first game other than the fact that, you know, that's just how the rotation's <laughs> Uh, you know they, how they set things up, but but yeah, I, I mean he, he's a guy that I definitely think is in the mix, and, and we gave away, traded away a pretty good player for him potentially, you know, in, in Castro. So um, you know, it, it, you basically gave away you know a really young, talented player for a guy that you've only had for a few months if he's not on this club. And you know, again, I, I, that doesn't mean he makes the club. I mean, he still has to perform. But that's the other thing, I, you know, I know we haven't talked about the bullpen yet, but when we look at this bullpen and the strength that it is and you know, the, the great arms that are going to be down there, you might not see more than four or five innings. You might see an opener um, more often to start the year. They did it a lot last year at the end of the year. They might do it a lot more. They might do it a good bit beginning of this year in those two other spots and, and then you might only get whoever the other fourth and fifth guys are it might be you know guys that are coming in the second inning and pitching three or four or five innings because your bullpen's so strong you got to lead in the fifth you should win with the bullpen that's going to be down there so um yeah it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out but um you know unless somebody really steps up whether it's Rowancy Contreras or Luis Ortiz or Priester or Falter or whomever and and, and shows that they can give you five, six, seven strong innings every fifth day. I think those other two rotation spots, you, you might see some of that opener stuff and you know, only see these guys going four, maybe five innings. Yeah, and going along with like somewhat of like the impression that you know some people may have of like a Bailey Falter and, and different players like that, I mean, I kind of always think is like, do players listen or read you know, what's being said about them. It's just something, because I'm on a person on the outside looking in. I don't think a player is ever going to come out and say, oh, yeah, I didn't, you know, if it does happen, I mean, it's it's pretty much like everybody remembers the 
who was it? It was it was uh, Jim Rome and Everett when they had like their little altercation on TV. You don't see it very often where players will actually kind of speak out or get upset about what people are saying about them. Um, and I probably dated myself there because some of our younger audience is probably like, I have no idea what you're even talking about. But uh, do players like do they listen to that kind of stuff? And I'm not even talking about like general the players on our team right now, but just like when you've been in the clubhouse and different stuff like that, is is there discussions about what's being said about them? Oh, hundred percent. Especially this day and age with social media, I'm sure they don't miss a thing. They probably see and hear everything that that's you know said or written about them, and and um, you know I'm sure some take offense, some probably brush it off. I mean, I think that comes with with the game and, and being in the, in, in the spotlight and everything else like that. I, I mean, uh, I, I played in an era before social media and, you know, can't say I heard everything, but I, I heard things and I mean, that's okay. You live with it. Um, you know, it, I, mean, I guess some could put a chip on their shoulder and I'm going to prove them wrong. I, to me, I didn't care. I just brushed it aside. I, that has nothing to do with, you know, how I'm going to go about my business. Now I will say this, and, and, and cause there's a couple of things that I've been hearing all all winter and spring about all oh, the Pirates only have three starters. The Pirates have twelve starters in camp. All right, now six of their eight, seven of them we won't see until later this year, or maybe not until twenty five. Um, but they said, oh, they finished the year with three starters. No, Ortiz was a starter. Priester's a starter. Folder's a starter. Uh, Jackson was a starter. I mean, these guys are starting pitchers. Well, I know Jackson's not here anymore, but the four I mentioned where I think is going to be in competition, Priester, Folder, Contreras, Ortiz, um, they're, they're legit. Three, three of the four are legit young guys that are trying to find their way. Yeah, Priester was a top prospect. Contreras was a, a top prospect. Ortiz was throwing 100 miles an hour. I mean, find out what you have in these guys, you know, before you go out, you know, spending more money on a, on a guy that's kind of teetering on the edge of retirement. I mean, I think you got to find out what you have. So that was the one thing that bugged me. Oh, they only have three starters. They got way more than three starters. Uh, we'll see how good they are. They might not be great starters, but they're, they're starters. The other thing is, like, you know, the whole Henry Davis stuff. Well, he can't catch. He's caught his whole life. He can catch. You know, we're worried, I'm more worried about him hitting. We need Henry <laughs> Davis to hit. If Henry Davis hits, he's going to play in the big leagues. Now, as far as catching, yes, he can catch. Is he going to be, you know, Austin Hedges behind the plate with his framing and his, you know, uh, knowledge and everything else that everybody raved about with him last year? Uh, I, no. But he's going to hit. Uh, hit uh, he's going he's, he's to win you more games if he's hitting than Austin Hedges is every day of the week. Uh, and, and that's just the facts. Now, uh, it'll be interesting to see where this plays out since they brought in Grandal, you know, how, how that gets, you know, the playing time and everything else like that. But, like, you know, Henry Davis, I mean, he might be not be Jacob Stallings and the perfect framer and all this, but he can make a throw. You know, he's working as hard as anybody. Mike Piazza wasn't a great catcher. He's in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> he could hit. And so, as far as I'm concerned, I'm much more worried about Henry Davis. So, I have all the questions about Henry Davis, Henry Davis. And, you know, for one, I thought they brought him up too soon. He had like 500 bats in the minor leagues. Sorry, one one or not. I mean, I, I thought that he could have used more time down there and then caught more down there. Um, but they brought him up because they wanted his bat in the lineup and to see what he could do. And, and, and But I know he's going to hit. This guy's going to hit, and I really don't care about catching. You know, uh, if you have enough talent on the mound, you know, you could, you, it doesn't matter who's back there. Uh, 
obviously, you know, there, there might be, it might not be as smooth or, you know, as a gold glove pitch, catcher back there, but, um, you know, he'll win you games with his bats. Yeah, and like you said, like uh, people making up their minds about players, you know, before they've really had a chance. I mean, it, Contreras doesn't have that many innings in the majors, neither does Ortiz, neither does Priester. And boy, are we glad that, you know, Mitch Keller got the ability to, you know, kind of work his stuff out and, you know, didn't really get into it that much here. But, you know, everybody's already knows this even before this was recorded is that, you know, Mitch got his extension and a well-deserved extension. Yeah, that's it's great news. Um, you know, I always wonder when I hear about I want to stay here. Um, you know, I want to I, I want to be a part of this because a lot of players say that, but they don't act upon it. You know, they turn down really nice deals. Um, and my hats off to Brian Reynolds last year, and now Mitch Keller this year because these guys obviously could have bet on themselves, put up big years, and made a lot more money. But it is nice to have guaranteed cash, too. So I think it works both ways in, in that sense. But uh, Mitch Keller had uh, gone through so much uh, to get figured out, get it figured out at the big league level. And obviously he was a big prospect. It took him a long time to figure it out, up and down, bullpen back, um, and then you know, something clicked for him there at the end of 2022. And, and man, what a great year he had last year. I mean, 200 strikeouts these days isn't easy to come by. And so, um, you know, he's very athletic. He looks healthy. He looks hungry. And, man, I'm glad they got it worked out because as his team moves forward and gets better, and they will be a postseason club. I'm not sure it'll be this year. I, I've predicted for the last, I think, three, four years ago that 25 would be the year. It could happen this year. Um, I think a lot of it's going to depend on the starting pitching, especially the first couple months. But, um, you know, Mitch Keller wants to be a part of this. And and if you're going to win, and you can get into the postseason, one thing. To win in the postseason, you need horses. You need guys that can pitch. And, you know, you got a guy like Keller locked up. You, you expect Paul Skeens to be an ace. And by the way, there aren't many aces out there. You know, maybe a dozen in all of baseball. And if he can become an ace, you know, you got two pretty good horses there. And like I said, there's a lot of, there's a lot of talent coming behind them, uh, pitching wise, starting pitching wise, to where they might help us this year. It might be 25, but um, you know, this team uh, is heading in the right direction. And I'm certainly glad that uh, they were able to work it out with Mitch Keller. Absolutely. And and one more thing before I let you go here, Rock. Before we jumped on here, we talked about this being your your 20th season as a Keller commentator, Keller analyst uh, for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And, and that is, is a feat in, in and of itself. I'm just kind of curious here. What's your favorite memory as a Pirates uh, Keller analyst, broadcaster, and I know it's a lot of years and a lot of stuff going on and a lot of things that you could pick from, but what's the first thing that jumps out to you? Well, two things uh, popped out right away in my head. The, the first was when we clinched um, in Chicago in 13. Um, me and Greg Brown were on TV, and you know, we enjoyed, you know, actually on the air, we enjoyed a drink and a cigar. And... Um, that was thrilling, you know, after all those years, um, 20 some odd years without being in the postseason and finally cracking that code, that was huge. 
that that stands out. Uh, secondly, for me, I didn't work the game, but the wild card game. I was there in the stands, and and I mean, it was so awesome. Um, I, I, I've I've been to Stanley Cup playoff games. I've been to playoff Steeler playoff games. I've you know, I've witnessed a lot here as a kid growing up. You know, with the '79 World Series and all the Super Bowls and everything else like that. I have never been in an event like that. You know, I was at Indiana when they won a national championship. I've never, I mean, I, and, and that place is a madhouse, that, that arena. But um, that that scene on October 1st, 2013, was like nothing I've ever seen before. And, and to me, uh, maybe my favorite sports memory, um, you know, especially since, you know, in my Pirates career without a doubt. Yeah, and I mean, I, 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 I like any other Pirates fan, I think I, I just got chills uh, just thinking about that, I obviously, I've, everybody knows the story. I wasn't there, but I mean, you could feel it, you know, resonating even through the TV. I, I don't think I sat down the entire game. <laughs> Nobody did. Nobody did. I, it was my anniversary, so my, I went down there a couple hours early to go get dinner. I, I couldn't go anywhere to get dinner. Everything was packed. I couldn't believe it. And so when we finally found something to eat, and then, well, let's go in early. And so we went in. It was probably a half an hour before first pitch. There were no lines. I'm like, what, what's going on? I walked right in. Everybody was already in their seats. There wasn't even people at the concession stands throughout the whole game. I, I'd get up to go get a beer, and 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 there was nobody waiting in line. Nobody left their seats. Nobody sat down. You could have played wiffle ball in the concourse there and, and not hit anybody. It was the craziest scene. I've, I've never seen anything like it. It was, it was such a fun time, and um, you know, like like I said, like an event that I don't know if I'll ever see anything like it again. Yeah, it's definitely crazy, and it, it definitely was awesome. And, 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 Rock, it's always awesome to talk to you, man. I, I appreciate you taking your time out today. Uh, looking forward to, you know, official games starting here. Uh, everybody, you know, is just getting very excited. And, you know, definitely can't wait to have you back on here again sometime, brother. Anytime, Craig. You got my number, so yeah, we'll, we'll chat whenever you're up to it. But yeah, always uh, easy, easy stuff talking Bucks baseball. Absolutely, man.